Hi there. This is Karen. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm very happy that you joined me today and any day that you're listening to one of my podcast episodes. I love it. I appreciate it. I'd also appreciate it if you would like, follow this podcast, make comments, uh, something constructive, hopefully something (laughs) wonderful, whatever's on your heart is fine and share this podcast. That would be wonderful. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, I'm glad to say that you can hop on out to womaninspired.com for more info about this podcast, about my other podcast and all kinds of info on the very few, but meaningful social media links that I have, as well as how to contact me to speak at your next retreat or event. All right. I'm also doubly glad to share with you that you can find more amazing podcasts filled with faith, education, theology, entertainment, and, and so many more things on accessmore.com. There are some wonderful podcasts out there and it's a safe place to go. You can search and tune into new podcasts without worrying. You don't have to wonder if it's safe. They take you into consideration as they curate all their podcasts. If you love this podcast, I have no doubt you will find something to love on accessmore.com. Go check it out after this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast, of course. All right, today I have questions on my mind. Well, questions and how to get the right answers, I suppose, is really the crux of it. And with that in mind, I have some pod quotes to kick off this episode about decisions. All right, from Sean Covey, he says, We are free to choose our paths, but we can't choose the consequences that come with them. And from James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So what do you do when you have a decision to make, but you're unsure what to do? I confess, I tend to research the heck out of something before I make a decision. It's in my nature. I want to be in the know on the whatever it is I feel I need to know. For example, if I'm facing a medical issue, you can be sure that I will know everything I can about facing it, including the medical jargon, tests that they do, and research on it, as well as all natural homeopathic methods to fight it before I ever end up with a second appointment to discuss it with a doctor. (laughs) Sometimes That is a little dangerous, but that's how my brain works. If I'm traveling somewhere and I'm unsure of what to do or where to go, I'm going to research it before I get there. I won't plan every single activity and and day to the hilt, but I want to know what's out there when I get there. (laughs) But even research and knowledge don't always help you make a right and sound decision. I mean, you could be faced with a financial decision like which life insurance to purchase, or do I stay with the job I'm in now, or do I look for something else and end up searching and researching like crazy, adding knowledge to your little noggin. And yet it may not help you decide anything. It might even actually confuse you more. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I have a few times, but I know that I used to be one of those people who would ask other people's opinions. I would read up on something, ask what others thought of a situation or a choice I needed to make and and try to take to heart what all these different people said. And what I learned over the years is that as well-meaning as some people are, they likely do not know what the best choice is for you and your life. And they can even lead you off the path that God has for you, whether they mean to or not. Now, when I have a difficult decision to make, 
in the present day and thankfully in most recent years, what I do is I, I ask those people to pray for me to make the right decision instead of asking them what they think I should do. I want to know the decision God would have me make rather than getting loads of well-meaning, but maybe not even Christ-driven advice. So I, do I mind if someone freely gives me their opinion and advice? No, as long as they aren't pushy, mean, rude, or, or grossly assertive about it or mad if I don't take them up on it. But I do stay prayed up. I try hard to pray for God to help me see through the junk for for him to be my spam folder, if you will, and filter out anything that should not come my way. I don't want to be led into temptation to go away that isn't right for me in any area of my life. So what do you do when you have to make a decision? And how does God want you to deal with those day in and day out life decisions and challenges of just basically simply being a child of God and a human being? I'm at this place in my life where I have to really sit back and think when it comes to making a decision, even little things. Is doing this or that worth it? Is making this decision or that decision to go this way or that way the right thing? I think some of that comes with experience and age, but really it should come with spiritual wisdom, which really has little to do with how young or how old a person is. We should be able to look at a situation and say, hey, if I do that, it's going to be a mess and the consequences or ramifications of it are not going to be good, even if I don't know exactly what those consequences might be. So maybe it's not worth it. I mean, how many years does it take most of us to get to that point to be able to question that way? Some of us, not, not too many because we've been taught that way, but a lot of times we go astray on that, that sound wise thinking, right? Sometimes it takes too many years for us or too many repetitive mistakes. If we were really established though in the word of God and memorized our scripture verses and had the word of God in our faces on a regular basis, I think it would be much easier to resist temptation and to ignore something that we shouldn't ignore, as well as being more difficult to go the opposite direction that God wants us to do, to, to go or what he wants us to do. Oh, and, and harder maybe even to procrastinate or even just absolutely be rebellious because we tend to do that too, don't we? I know from my own personal experience that when I'm not reading the Bible enough and I'm not planting myself in the word of God, it's much easier to hedge right on that edge of disobedience and even stop right full on in, in, and step into a big old mess of disobedience. Not sure about you, but that definitely is how my life goes. When I'm not spending time in the word of God or praying and communicating with him like I should, it definitely shows in my choices. It shows in how I say things and, and if I have a short fuse or if I'm overly impatient and, and just overall uh, how I think about things as well. And when I get spiritually worn out and sometimes when I'm all up in my feelings, crushed or hurt or even broken over something, I tend to let that seed into my flesh. In other words, it manifests in fleshly ways. Do you know what I mean? What starts out with emotional and mental pain and frustration goes to my spirit. And when my spirit hurts, I hurt that deep. I try to appease it in ways of the flesh first. Um, at least I used to all the time. Now my mainstay go-to is to pray, but I used to do things like sleep extra hours and uh, 
refuse to work, um, refuse to work out or go walking, just trying to be lazy and just like, like it was so heavy on me that I couldn't even move. Maybe eating too many sweets, binging on TV shows instead of making and taking time to pray and praise God. We all have the ability to do those kinds of things. Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And it really is, especially when you're hurting or you're frustrated or you don't know which way to go when you're doing something. Um, even when my heart and soul wants to do something, if I am mentally fed up with a situation or hurting deep down inside, it's a whole lot easier for me to choose something in the flesh to turn to than something in the spirit to turn to. And this is why we have to fortify our intellect and our brains with the word of God. So it's there. So it's there with us all the time because we, that's what we need. We need to remember the word of God. We need to seek wisdom. So when we're making decisions, if we're in a sensitive or hurt spiritual and mental place, we may more easily make the wrong decisions. I know I've been there. Sometimes my drive to do something that I want to do can take precedence over what God's, God wants me to do. And that is definitely a fleshly thing, like making a large purchase when I should not. There are times I've never even consulted God on if I should do something or not. And I didn't open my Bible to seek wisdom either. I did that once with a, an extremely major vehicle purchase. And I literally bought one that turned out to be a lemon. It was months and months and months of dealing with a vehicle that kept dying. And they didn't know what was wrong with it. It was extremely expensive. And I had to threaten to sue to get the auto manufacturer to take it back. And yet, I still lost money on it in the long run. I knew right after I bought it and went driving off the lot, before I even had issues with it, that I made the wrong decision for the wrong reasons and that I completely bypassed God on that decision. But by then it was too late and I had to live with those consequences. So seeking to make good decisions isn't just something we need to be concerned about in the big things though, like buying a vehicle or a house or choosing life insurance. It can come down to just having the wisdom God shares with us in the Bible embedded into us so that the small things we have to face and deal with on a day-to-day -day basis don't cause us stress because we know we'll make the best decisions out of spiritual strength and wisdom if we are already in relationship with the Lord and we have his word embedded in us. Now it may, it may sound silly, but it can come down to something as simple as even, let's just use this scenario I had the other day of me dropping something on the floor. Okay from my heart. This is, this is what I did the other day. I was worn out mentally, emotionally, and physically. I'd had a very difficult week and I was attempting to cook dinner. I kept dropping things and running into things and forgetting things while I was trying to make dinner. I hadn't taken quiet time. I hadn't rested like I should. I hadn't prayed in a way that I know connects me with God. And I hadn't opened my Bible in a couple of days because I, had I done any or all of that in the way I know feeds me and helps me, I would have just not cooked dinner that day. We would have had sandwiches or snacks and left it at that. It was bad enough that at one point I had a paper towel because I was, of course, having to clean up something I spilled on the counter. As I was walking to throw the paper towel away, I dropped it on the floor. And I just stood there 
and I stared at it. I was so tired that I just looked at it and I thought, is it really worth bending down to pick it up? Now, how long can I tolerate it being there? I think I'm just going to leave it there for a little while. Now, this is coming from someone who has OCD. You know, I had to be tired if I was considering leaving something on the floor. Okay. Inevitably, I turned around, picked it up, threw it in the garbage. In the process, I got dizzy and I had to hold on to the fridge handle so I wouldn't fall over. In part, it was exhaustion and getting over a virus. Plus, I'm just at that age too when I feel like I have to think, is it worth it to spend all that energy to bend down and pick up that piece of paper towel from the floor? <laughs> Yeah, I have those days here and there, which I think is kind of funny, actually, when I think about it. But on this particular day, a few minutes later, I spilled water on the floor and I just stood there for a minute staring at it. And I thought, shoot, if I had just left the paper towel on the floor earlier, it would already be down there. And all I would have had to do was put my foot on it and use it to clean up the water. And then I would have only had to bend down once today, not twice. <laughs> Yes, it's pathetic, but that's the kind of week I was having. Inevitably, I did get something cooked, but in the process, besides the dropping the paper towel, getting dizzy and spilling water, cleaning that up and getting dizzy again, I cut my thumb with a knife. I broke a glass. I burned part of the dinner and I hardly ate anything. These are the teeny tiny decisions I'm having to weigh at this juncture of my journey that sometimes have big ramifications. And honestly, if I had slowed down enough to really just let God guide me through my day instead of acting like I could handle every single thing all on my own by myself, full steam ahead, the day would have gone much better and I wouldn't have a scar on my thumb. And while this is a semi-funny scenario, there are a lot of life scenarios that are not so funny like making big financial decisions and relationship decisions and, you know, where do you send your child to school and are, are you going to have enough money for college for them and can you take a trip that you need to take or want to take and what do you do if you're taking care of an elderly parent? There are so many things that come up in life that cause us to have to pause and think about what decisions, big and small, we're going to have to take and make while on this journey. Is it A, B, C, D that we do? Or is there a path Z that I don't even know anything about yet? What do we do? When we have questions like this and the specific answer is not in the Bible, what do we do? In other words, there is no index that has financial management, elderly parent care, life insurance, staying with a job or leaving a job, going to counseling versus getting a divorce, having surgery or choosing not to have it. No, none of that is indexed in the back of the Bible. There is nothing that says anything like that. However, the Bible is filled with wisdom that we can apply to every situation in our life. I was talking one time about decision-making and free will to my daughter when she was an early teen. And she said she thought that the church and God just wanted to control everybody all the time. And I told her that wasn't true. God gave us all free will. We can do anything we want, anything under the sun. And she said, well, except for break the law, we can't murder somebody or hurt somebody, which kind of made me want to sleep with the doors locked. But anyway, <laughs> just joking. Anyway, I told her, that's not true. We can do that. We can do anything we want, including kill or hurt somebody. However, 
we have to live with the consequences of whatever it is that we choose to do, especially if it's outside God's will and his word. We still have the freedom to do it, though. So whether the consequences are good or the ramifications are pleasing and wonderful and help us to prosper, prosper, we, we still have to live with the consequences or ramifications of our decisions. That's the way life works. And she said, well, but people are constantly trying to tell me what to do. And I said, you know, usually it's people who care about you who are trying to give you advice. That doesn't mean they're trying to tell you what you should do. They're trying to tell you that if they were you, they would do A, B, C, or D. But that doesn't mean that you have to take their advice. A lot of times we shouldn't take other people's advice because as well-meaning as it is, they may not fully understand your situation. And more importantly than that, they, they're not God. Only God can see every part of your life. He can see where you've been, what you're going through now, and what you're going to be in the middle of down the road. I tried hard then and, and even now to make sure that she knows that when you are in communication with God and you're having a hard time making a decision, whether it's about going to a party or moving somewhere or what school to go to or, or changing jobs, if you consult God and, and you are in communication with him, he will lead you in the right direction. That's the way it works. You have free will. We all do. Even though we live under different government rules in vast places across the world, we still have choices. We may not all get the same choices uh, in different environments for sure, but we still all have choices we can make. You don't have to consult God on what to eat for breakfast, okay? I mean, you can, but there are a lot of things that are just daily decisions that we make that God has entrusted us as his children to make. It's your choice if you eat a Pop-Tart for breakfast versus having a kale smoothie. You still live with the ramifications either way. If Pop-Tarts aren't good for you or you have diabetes, not a good choice. If you're allergic to kale, not a good choice for a smoothie. If you need extra nutrients and a kale smoothie might be good for you, then you should go for it even if it does taste bad. Uh, these little things all have consequences. But again, the closer you are to the Lord... And the more you're in his word and the more you know him, the easier it will be to hear from him and to know which way he wants you to go in big things and small things. There is no thing that is too big or too small to take to the Lord. So communicating with God is key to making sure you're making right decisions for your life. But that means you have to actually communicate with him, right? I used to do this uh, comedy skit when I did a speaking engagement called Desperate Prayer Lives. Um, it's all about talking about the importance of prayer and staying in communication with God. And in one part of it, I talk about how when my son was younger, he asked, how come we couldn't pick up the phone to call God? Don't we all wish we could pick up the phone and call God? Because I personally think uh, more of us would actually communicate better with God and more consistently if we could text message him or pick up the phone. Although I don't know that and a lot of people would reply text message because I know so many people who just, I text message them and it's three, four, five days and I have to text message them again. It's ridiculous. You know, it just takes 10 seconds, right? Anyhow, um, I don't know if we would treat God that way or not, but I have this feeling some people would. Um, if we could text message or pick up the phone, though, some people would have a better relationship with him. For, for some reason, we think that's the be all end all of communication now, when in reality, we don't even need any of those devices or technology to talk to God. But back then, my son really wanted to know why we couldn't pick up the phone to call God. 
And I said, I didn't know if where God was even had a phone, but I reassured him that we didn't need a phone to talk to God. And it really got me to thinking about how it might look if we could talk to God on the phone. You know, would we have to schedule time with God? Probably. I mean, can you imagine how many phone calls he'd be making? What if we had a weekly phone call with God? And in some ways, it might be great if the Lord got in touch with us via our phones, you know, kind of like a reminder to us that he's there or he sent us a text message to give us a wake up call when we needed it. We'd have to be on a hotline with him for sure. Some kind of like the red bat phone from Batman or the red phone they have in the White House with, I don't know who they call that with. It's definitely not God, obviously, but um, just imagine being on the phone with a friend, you know, this is kind of, you know, oh yeah, I know this, this is a scenario and a skit I did actually. Oh my gosh, this was a long time ago. I did this skit where I was on the phone with God. If we could call God, what would it sound like? So I was, I would be on this phone. I'd, I'd be, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I can't believe it costs that much. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. I got another call coming in. Better take it. Hello? Oh, this, oh, hi. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I know we had a call scheduled. God, I, I know it was earlier. I just, I got so busy that I thought I'd just get in touch with you this afternoon. Um, yeah, yes, yes, father. I know. I know God. Uh-huh. But yeah, I hate to ask you this, but could I put you on hold for a second? Yeah, I know. It won't take long. I promise. I promise. I'm talking to Lisa and yeah, I know you already know who I'm talking to. Okay. I just wanted to tell her that I'll get back with her. What's that? Um, yeah, I can give her that message. Okay. All right. Well, let me just, let me just drop this call with her. I'll be real quick. All right. I'll just say goodbye real fast and I'll get right back with you. Okay. Thanks. Hey, Lisa. I'm back. Yeah, I gotta go. God's on the other line. Yeah. I know, I know. I just, I got in such a hurry that I missed the time slot. I, I forgot. I thought I'd talk to him later, but I gotta, I gotta go. He's waiting. I'll talk to you later. Oh, wait. God said to tell you that next time he has to call you because you forgot to pray, he's going to delete your Facebook page. Yeah. Hey, I know it. I know it happens, right? What? I'm not going to ask God that. No, no, I got to go. Okay, 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 fine. I'll ask him. I got to go. Bye. Okay, God, I'm back. Abba, Father, Daddy, I'm sorry. It's me again. Sorry about that. I gave, I did give Lisa the message, though. I gave her the message. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, she wanted me to ask you if there's any way you could kind of do that whole fishes and loaves thing with her purses and shoes. <laughs> that was a skit. That was a skit that I did at a Desperate Paralyzed. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. I don't, I've never done that on a microphone in a podcast before. But anyhow, uh, I can imagine how things would be if we were talking on current technology with God. But the thing is, we don't even have to use that. We don't have to put somebody on hold so that we can get back with God because God is with us all the time. He's available. I don't know about you, but I talk to God on and off all day long. I'm sure people think I'm crazy. They think I'm talking to myself, but, and well, I do that sometimes too, but I'm really talking to God most of the time. So on top of making sure that you're praying and talking to God 
as well as listening to him. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, another thing you can do is make sure you're in the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the Word of God is living and active. In other words, His Word is relevant always. It's as alive today as the trees in my yard and the birds in the sky. Have you ever picked up a Bible and read a paragraph or two and thought, wow, I don't ever recall reading that before. And yet it was something from a chapter in the Bible, you know, you studied already, or you know, you've read a dozen times. That's because the word of God is active and living. It's almost as if the Bible is intuitive. You know, I know for myself, I can read a verse and it just smacked me in the face like, wow, I read that verse, but I never knew it meant that. Or I didn't realize how this verse or that chapter pertained to my life until now. That's because maybe when I read it before, it did not. But here and now, as I live and breathe, it does. The word of God may not be indexed with financial advice and life insurance or career advice and, and things like that, or how to, the how-tos of caring for a sick spouse or managing work and school at the same time. But it does have the wisdom and guidance that can and does apply to every situation we can imagine because it is alive. It is not just some book or some word. It is the living word of God and it's the truth. You know, the word of God is also part of our spiritual armor and the armor of God um, that's talked about in the book of Ephesians represents the defense that we must take in our spiritual lives every single day to protect ourselves, not just from the enemy, but from the wrong uh, living and poor decision making uh, that we are have a tendency to go towards as human beings. And it defends us when we're pummeled with temp temptations to live outside the will of God for our lives. The armor of God, according to Ephesians, includes the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. The word is a sword. It can help defend us. It can ward off evil. It helps us fight back when we need it. And it keeps us standing upright and ready to stay on the path that God intended for us. Why would we want, we want to go without the ability to defend ourselves? Why would any of us willingly reject the ability to have the sword of the spirit as part of our armor? If we don't have the word of God at our fingertips, you know, implanted in our thoughts and, and in our memories or in our faces on a regular basis, that's what we're doing. We're rejecting that piece of armor. So I just want to challenge you and continue challenging myself to make my daily decision making process easier to make wise counsel from the Lord a mainstay by staying in communication with the Lord and by being in the word of God, planting ourselves firmly in the word that is living, active, and applicable to our day in and our day out journey. That is how we make the best decisions we can for our lives. Will we always do it perfectly? No. Will we always stay exactly straight and narrow where we should be? No, but over time, you can get closer and closer and closer to right on that path. And let me tell you what, you get off the path long enough or far enough or hard enough, and you have to get pushed back up on there. It wears you out and, and you do see what is true and what is not true. And so I encourage you to constantly reach for what is true, what is right, uh, what, what is not of the world but of God in all of your decisions. So 
Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. Again, hop on out to womaninspired.com to check out all the details about this podcast and uh, social media links and all that good stuff. I pray you have a blessed week. Thank you.